Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 124, a super phase episode featuring interviews with Rain, Rops, Robban, and Brokey. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. Oh, this is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. And this is Rops, and you're listening to the Truth CSGO podcast. At the Paris Major, I spoke to Brokey, I spoke to Rops, Rain, and I spoke to Robban. And that event is now simply an old Reddit thread in the mind, but being a tragic FaZe fan, I decided to mush them all together into a super episode. Uh, because once again, I find myself philosophizing, and the diamond that refracts my musings is, predictably enough, FaZe. You see, watching that team at that tournament made me think a lot about life and the fickle nature of our mood, of our minds, of our success, of our motivation. I think that team has the highest ceiling out of any in the circuit, but the game of CSGO is exquisitely tied to mentality and FaZe embody this conjunction perfectly. Uh, my fear that they'd ridden a wave of energy to win the Grand Slam at Pro League and would find themselves splashing about in a, somewhat of a trough of uh, low energy when the major rolled around was realized. Uh, and as you've heard in my previous episodes, I talked a lot about success and motivation and setting new goals and practices and habits and mentality with players like Dupree. Um, and Magisk and stuff, but I think Phase for me just they're at they're at the, the 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 absolute vertex of that juncture between mentality and skill. And obviously, in my narcissism, I once again see my approaching middle age uh, in the state of this team. And in that light, like a lot of my interviews in Paris, my talks with Phase did focus specifically on success, motivation, and on what it means to feel and act like a winner. So we're going to start with Rain, who talks about motivation coming from the younger players, and then Rops, who circles out a bit more of a group dynamic um, context. And then Robban, who underscores the idea that professionalism takes over when motivation wanes. And finally, in the longest interview, Brokey. Uh, following Brokey, I'm going to wrap it up with some thoughts on what I've learned about life and success from thinking about and watching this team and Counter-Strike in Paris. But without further ado, here is Rain. One of the things I'm doing in my episode, I've done some interviews with Brokey, is like the idea of motivation and how you continue to find motivation beyond like that initial spark when you're like 17, 18. I mean, you've got a kid now, right? Mm -hmm. How do you keep finding that renewed fire? Uh, I think I take a lot from my teammates. Uh, for me, it depends on how my, my teammates work and how much they want to work. You know, it brings a fire into me as well, right? Because I don't want to be the guy that's slacking while everybody else is working. So uh, in this team, we have very hard workers. And uh, when, I, when I see them work, I want to work myself. So that's how I keep them. So you feel guilty when you see Twist doing retake servers until 2 a.m.? Yeah, like back in the days with the old face, like I played a lot of PUBG back then, you know? But now it's only Counter-Strike for everyone. So it's, yeah. I didn't realize you were the Bialy of FaZe. Ah, uh, did he play PUBG as well? Yeah, the famous joke was that VP fell apart when he started playing PUBG. Oh shit, well, we won when I played PUBG, so... <laughs> you mean when you had Olaf and Guardian? Yeah, yeah, that was the back then I played a lot of PUBG. But that roster, I think, you know, Boston and then Katowice, especially when Flusher flanked you guys on train, I felt like that broke the back. But you guys have continued to fucking visit the chiropractor with this roster. How does that happen? I don't know, man. I'm still here after like 20 teammates. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on sometimes, but uh, I like this lineup. We have good faith in each other. We all believe in each other and we all believe in Kerrigan, which is why the, the old one crumbled a little bit. 
because we lost faith in him and his uh, England leading. And uh, with this one, he's the captain and we all listen to him. Berkey said on the first day that your huddle word was happy. Is mm -hmm. that still the case? No, I think it was fridge today. Yeah. Fridge? <laughs> yeah, just fridge. <laughs> like refrigerator? Yeah, it's an inside joke that I can't elaborate too much on. But, yeah. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that Range just told me was that um, he gets his motivation from seeing you guys put in the extra effort and then feels a bit of pressure to do it. Are you aware of that? I think, yeah, I would say we're aware that, you know, as long as uh, someone is grinding, uh, everyone else will see that and they will respect it and they want to also grind. Uh, uh, the, the more you play, the more your teammates get motivated, I feel like. Um, it's, it's been at least in my teams um, and it's, yeah, it's nice to have teammates like that. But for me, motivation comes and goes. Um, you cannot always be 100% motivated uh, in your career to, to play and to grind and to, to be on the same, uh, same level. I think it's very hard to do so. What you need to have is discipline, and it kind of goes hand in hand together with motivation, I think. But as long as you're taking a lot of self-responsibility to, to, to grind the extra hours when you need to, even though you're not motivated, and find a good balance between between having a good off time uh, is going to give you uh, the possibility to peak at the right time. And if you have the motivation, the extra motivation you have for the big tournaments, I think that help, helps a lot. It's like the passion of your youth has to become a professionalism as you get older, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even, even remember, I myself played a game back in the days. I was not always motivated to, to sit there and grind and stay home on Saturday evening or in practice and, and stuff like that. You know, it, it comes it come and goes. But you have to be professional and you have to understand where you are and, uh, and just focus on the discipline, I think. How do I pronounce your name? Uh, my real name? Yeah. Uh, it's Helwis. 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 Yes, like that. And then the last part? Sogans. Sogans? Saukans. Saukans? Yes. Helwis Saukans. Yes. I don't promise you I'll get that right. That's yeah, not good. The player manager said, oh, you're brave to try and interview Brokey. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> that first iteration with FaZe, we didn't know who you were. Do you miss, you know, obviously this team's been much more successful, but do you miss Cold and Olaf and that first iteration? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a great time, great experience. I never played with, like, Tier 1 Pros before, so it was a good experience for me, and I thank them for giving me this experience. My impression was that there was so much pressure on you that you turned into like an iceberg. I think it was a very, maybe it's just who you are, but it was a very clever way to deal with that pressure. No, I, should, I think uh, that's just how I am. I mean, I don't think it was really anything like, different. So you were the perfect person then yeah, to I be think in so, that yeah. scenario? I feel like I got pretty lucky in my career. I, got, I played FPL and I made it in tier one pretty much. We've seen a lot of players, especially like some of the young guys who've gone into NIP and Australis, have not been able to deal with that pressure. I feel like pressure is an interesting topic because I personally didn't really feel any pressure besides some of the tournaments, like this Armar uh, last chance qualifier we had. That was a lot of pressure I have never felt before, but not, not the pressure like that before. I, I don't feel much pressure usually. There is a, a mention when the pandemic was going on from you that you were having trouble sleeping, you had anxiety. Was that just the amount of work you were having to do? I think that, that just being me young, not knowing how to uh, really 
be 100% myself. Like I, I would stay up till 4 a.m. and play FPL and then have six hours sleep and like one week, one week uh, doing the whole doing that for one week is just uh, uh, like the brain stops working when you don't sleep enough. Yeah. So uh, I just I just didn't know what to do myself. I'm 39 and I still have trouble like going to bed at the right time. Do you have someone who helps you with that on phase now? No, I think I just learn myself and try to go to sleep on time and be responsible. You're doing better. You're doing better than me. You know what? One of the things as a fan that was really obvious when you were watching those vlogs around that time, because I think Carrigan started them um, when he came back. Olaf was still on the team, but when Twist came in. I really sensed that there was a change in the way you guys calmed. Um, like he was so positive and clear with his comms, and uh, you could definitely tell that like he was really greasing the wheels of your team, at least from the outside. Is that how it felt to you? I would, I would not. I mean, yeah, probably. But uh, I mean, he's from uh, NA, so it's easier to understand what he's saying. And when we get a new player, it's more. Uh, I would say it's more uh, have more motivation to play, more hunger to win, and yeah, I think that's more the reason. You know, the other day you told me that there was like um, your your word for this tournament was happy, mm -hmm. and I was wondering afterwards, is that because the Intel Grand Slam was such a high, like you guys were coming off that drug that you you were a bit out of dopamine or something? No, it's more like I don't know, maybe yeah. I would say that. Uh, Winning Grand Slam was uh, important for us, but it was a long way. So I think maybe after we won, it, people were like not as motivated as before to finish the journey. And now we are here at the major and going for the second major. How do you find that motivation again? Uh, I mean, if you're not motivated, then you just need to be disciplined and just keep trying to play as much as you can. Right. So if you don't feel it, then yeah. you just be a professional and do it. Yeah, try your best. I, I went to art school when I was probably just a bit younger than you and they, they weren't aware of the how the real world works and they would sit around waiting for inspiration and if they didn't feel it then they wouldn't make any art and then I went to advertising school and they were like you can't fucking wait around you get up you sit down and you start coming up with ideas I assume that must be what practice is like sometimes when you're just burnt out uh, yeah sometimes I sometimes I just go um, what's the word you just keep playing, you don't really think what's happening, you just play autopilot, that's the word. Oh, autopilot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What about, what about exercise? Are you still running? Because I know early on you were running, but then in a recent vlog, you were like, Robin was trying to get you to the gym. Yeah, I started going to the gym again, but it's an on and off thing where I just go and then I stop going and yeah, it's hard to get disciplined in that, uh, in that uh, position. You should... Um Speak to JKM. Yeah. I just spoke to him. He's like, I wish I'd kept it up. Because once you stop, it gets so hard to you yeah. know, get back into it. And then you're like, yeah, I'll get up and run in the morning. But then it fucks you for the rest of the day because you have no energy. Yeah, I agree. Same for me. Are they helping you with nutrition and stuff still in phase? Is it that much of a professional outfit in the way, you know, Astralis was back in the day? Uh, I don't think it was. I think for us, I mean, at least not for me. When I started playing in phase, I don't think it was a thing. I think everyone just does it themselves and that's it. Do you watch like cartoons or anime or sitcoms or reality TV? Um, no, I don't watch anime. Uh, 
I don't think I have. Maybe it's just a cartoon. But uh, I recently started watching uh, rewatching re Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm season three right now. I think. I found that too depressing. I I, I think it's one of the best shows. Yeah. This is why you need the word happy, bro. Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah, maybe. I finished the first season and I was like, I just felt sad. Ah, not for me. Maybe I'm too, too, too sad. So it's fine for me. You just like to wallow in the sadness. Yeah. I, well, I was going to ask if you're, if, if Counter-Strike was a TV show and Brokey was a character in it, what would your catchphrase be? Nice. If there was a food pickup item in CSGO mm -hmm. that gave you health, yeah. what food would it be? Pizza. Who inspires you outside of the game? That's a, it's hard to answer. I try to inspire myself. Where did you learn that you could be a winner? I don't know. I just I just followed the game and tried to have the best mindset. Did you have a, a father who was like, you can do whatever you want? Did you have parents who said you could do whatever you want? Or did you just slowly become better at the game and then with each win you got, that gave you the confidence? Yeah, I think my mom maybe let me do what I want and I didn't really have anyone at home during the day, so I just had to play games, that's it. Right, so you were left on your own to just... Yeah, most of the time. Mature into a little CSGO pro. Yeah. So I don't really know where to start with my thoughts on success and motivation and all that kind of stuff in light of all these interviews. Um, I'm just going to jump in, I think. I think the first thing that comes to mind when thinking about success and motivation uh, is what Carrigan said when he rejoined FaZe after Mao's, that he'd need about six months to develop the team and to build up their confidence so that they'd be peaking for the major. So he's very aware that his teams need a runway of success to be able to reach the point where their confidence is high enough to beat everyone. It's like a plane has to taxi before it can take off, in other words. Now, according to studies, winning or experiencing victories generates testosterone, which in turn begets more wins. So sometimes when a team says they need to build up confidence, they actually mean they're hoping to get their hormones firing or cascading, like a chemical chain reaction. Uh, but that wave, that, that winning crescendo that leads to this feeling of being unbeatable, it's surely more complicated than just a glandular secretion. Uh, every conversation, as you might have heard, that I had at Paris with a player involved uh, an unspoken dance around this ineffable ingredient that leads to a team or an individual to success. And Dupree spoke about it the most, which is probably not surprising. He's had the most. But even at his level, having achieved everything there is to achieve multiple times, he's decided it's been detrimental to think about it too much. Overthinking, he said, or he, he, he branded it, uh, which if you're a long-time listener, you will know I see as a somewhat bitter chestnut of wisdom. But I think... Um, I think of success as being like a junction between motivation and opportunity, I think. Opportunity in this case, or in the case of a Counter-Strike player, might be a team around you who are also motivated, motivated and a path ahead of you that is primed to ramp in difficulty. Uh, you might recall I did an episode about Customato, the trainer for Mike Tyson, who very carefully selected Mike's opponents from the beginning of his amateur career to very, very slowly ramp in skill, very gently, so that Mike's confidence experienced an uninterrupted continuous growth but i think if, if opportunity seems like a straightforward ingredient it's motivation that has all the mystery and allure of a medieval spice and to nonchalantly skip to another metaphor motivation seems like a desert of shifting sands one good storm overnight and the dawn reveals dunes of unrecognizable shapes 
If each human being is simply a bundle of microbes, this swarm whose individual reproductive goals combine to form a mastermind that is sort of piloting us, Voltron-esque, in search of exotic bacteria to eat, it's no wonder that what drives us one year, week or month can seem foreign the next. The will to succeed never exists in a vacuum either. When adults are in control of our lives as teenagers, a fruitful spring of motivation can emerge from feeling under the thumb. That motivation can be to prove ourselves, to show ourselves, to define ourselves, and it can become the overwhelming drive of life. As we shift into adulthood and we slowly take control of our destiny and emotions, the urgency of adolescence fades and motivation can be fueled by the cerebral challenge just to better oneself or the desire, as a lot of my listeners know, to support a new family, or sometimes, like in my case, the patterns of action that have basically been laid down in our early 20s, um, they, they sort of simply play themselves out like a stuttering echo until we sputter into the gas station of middle age and pull the map out to work out just where the fuck we're going and why the fuck we decided to go there in the first place and actually realize often that um, we didn't buy that map. Um, someone just put it in our car. <clears throat> anyway, so so how was FaZe supposed to conjure up the mentality in time to win the Paris Major? That was the question that was on my mind from the moment they won uh, the Grand Slam. And in asking that question, it seems I must acknowledge there's an element of motivation that is spontaneous. You can't simply will yourself into it. It needs to occur naturally. And it's also not enough to want something. Real confidence, I think, comes from preparation. Having planned exhaustively, we then feel safe in the moment to relax. And unfettered by the subconscious doubt that seeds microseconds, I should say, of a hesitation, which are so important in CSGO. And that combination, I guess, we call focus. Uh, and some success, and success in Counter-Strike seems impossible without some level of that relaxed focus. And it seemed clear to me that uh, knowing that they weren't at that level, FaZe were playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. And it was in their match against Bad News Eagles for elimination, the underdog team of relative nobodies who'd twice already knocked them out of a major, that they managed to bring it over the line. But you could see in their faces afterwards and hear in the comms, the feeling was one of relief and not joy. I spoke to them afterwards, and all three players I spoke to, Rops, Rain, and Brokey, had trouble controlling their voices, and it's a testament to the adrenaline that was still wearing off. Now, playing not to lose, that feels like the prison that we can be locked in after success. We've got the treasure, and now, like Smog the Dragon, we grow old and vulnerable as we guard our gold from interlopers. And it brings to mind the sociology study I've referenced on this podcast before, which found that complementing children, as opposed to their efforts or their work, can have the effect of freezing them in development. They become so afraid to lose their status as gifted, they stop evolving. It reminds me of um, 21 Jump Street I watched last night, where uh, Channing Tatum accuses Rob Riggle of uh, having peaked in uh, high school. Uh, diversion. Anyway, what does it look like in life when we're playing to win as opposed to playing not to lose? When we're making moves, when we're being aggressive, when we're taking space, well, it's when we feel entitled to being alive, when we feel entitled to win, when we feel like the time is right, our time is now, like we deserve to take up space on this earth, and it's when we take risks, and risks lead to change and growth. I've played a lot of my life without that element I uh, realize with a shudder. Occasionally in my 20s, I was an entry fragger. In fact, I think when I started this 
podcast, I thought of myself as an entry fragger. And I think I was in the game <laughs> and in life. But now I feel like I've become an anchor. I'm not the one who rushes to take banana control, quote unquote. I'm not the one who takes the fight to mid. I'm a counter puncher. I feel like I've been playing not to lose, playing an off angle, going down to the pig's advantage. And I'm kind of sick of it. I want to take banana control again. I want to get aggressive down mid. I want to push apps. I want to play my own game. Fuck yeah.